folding pocket. The Fast and the Curious is part of the Acast Creators Network. Subscribe now so you never miss an episode. Thank you. Hello, welcome to The Fast and the Curious with me, Betty Glover. And me, Christian Hugo. <laughs> In. You're whispering and I'm shouting here. Yeah. You've got the tones wrong. <laughs> I know. Because we've all we're all muddled up because we're in a, a very <laughs> unusual situation. We're in a very posh hotel. It's really posh. It is it's it is honestly so posh that I'm drinking a cappuccino out of like China. Like, oh, it's bit, so like a, British, isn't how it? How would you describe this? A very British-looking, stereotypically British-looking sort of China cup tea saucer. set. Cup yeah. and saucer, yeah. And behind us is an enormous chandelier, a full-on garden centre's worth of flowers. It's all a bit much. It's but, a lot, isn't it? Yeah. It's not... I'm not particularly comfortable in these sort of environments i just think i'm gonna break something or knock into something or say something inappropriate mm, yeah say same here i feel like we are a little bit out of place should we explain why we're here uh, i think we should because we've been interviewing a different sort of driver to who we normally interview <laughs> we have yeah adam driver hollywood actor promoting his new movie mm-hmm. ferrari Loved him, loved the film. Mm-hmm. You're going to hear that chat with him very soon, but it was a very exciting chat. We thought while we got together to talk to our difference driver, we'd have a chat about the latest things going on in the world of Formula One because there has been news, hasn't there? There has, yeah. We're going to get into all of that. But if you're just listening to The Fast and Curious for the first time, usually we're joined by our team principal, Greg James, with us. And we're often joined by various F1 drivers to sort of dive into the world of Formula One. We've had the likes of Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, Oscar Piastri, Alex Albon, Sexy Gasly, to name a few. Um, And this season... Still makes me laugh. We've ever had him on once. We've called him Sexy Gasly (laughs) from then on in. Well, you've you've got to. You can't call him anything else, can you? But this season has been pretty remarkable. It's taken us literally all over the shop, hasn't it? Silverstone, factories, sim racing. And this is our first season in the off-season, Christian. I just want to sort of check in with you. Ask how you're coping without any Formula One action. No, I'm fine, because I did say at the start of the last episode, it's been a long season, so I'm not yet in my, okay, I need it to come back now. In normal circumstances, that starts to happen around Christmas. It's interesting. I thought you'd be frothing at the mouth, just sort of waiting for it to come back. Frothing at the mouth (laughs) is such a grim expression. Especially in a posh hotel. But yeah, we're going to talk all about what the drivers are doing (laughs) in the off-season. We've got a listener question to help everyone sort of get through this hard time. And we're also going to have a look at some of the things um, that the Formula One community will be very happy to leave behind from the 2023 season, aren't we? One thing is frothing at the mouth. I quite like saying it. It feels good Don't rolling off my tongue. No, um, even rolling off the tongue now sounds weird. First things first, though. Can we talk about the big news that we've had in the last few days? Logan Sargent. Yeah, we, we thought it was going to happen. It had been predicted that Logan was going to keep its seat at Williams. And that is now official. Logan Sargent will be a Williams driver for 2024. Could I firstly just say, on a human level... So delighted for him because we've followed his progress. I mean, he was, I think, one of the first drivers we ever interviewed for this podcast before our first episode had been released. And we saw the excitement in his eyes when he'd driven the F1 car for the mm. first time at the preseason shakedown at Silverstone. He's such a nice guy and has given 
everything this season. So I'm so pleased he's had this chance and, and has got under the season. Yeah, and when I caught up with him in New York as well, that was probably like one of the most difficult points in his career, I'd say, because he'd had quite a lot of criticism ahead of that. He was coming up to a race where he was really having to prove himself. How much do you think this is going to mean to him? It'll mean everything because it's so hard for a young racing driver to pick themselves back up again for the rest of their career after they get dropped from Formula One. You know, we've seen it with Nick DeVries, who's going back to Formula E. He had a big time on the sidelines, sort of stepped away for a bit. So it, it's so hard to pick yourself back up, and Logan doesn't have to go through that. And it was funny you just mentioned New York then. I, I think maybe he's got a lot to thank you for. Maybe he just needed a burger with Betty. Oh, I think everybody needs a burger with Betty. Well, I don't know. But um, what I haven't said about that interview, which has just come to my head, actually, so I am ba- I don't eat beef. I'm basically a vegetarian, sort of. I eat chicken. You're basically a vegetarian. Yeah, I eat chicken. But anyway, You're I don't. Not a I don't. Then, yeah, okay, no. fine. But I don't eat beef. Right? I hate people like you. <laughs> Commit <laughs> one way or another. I don't like you. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is, I don't eat beef. But Logan and Williams bought me this massive beef burger. And I had to eat it with Logan. And that's the first time that I've eaten beef in years. How was your stomach after? I was all right after, but it just was like one of those moments where I was just like, I'm to force it down. Oh, so have you got beef with Williams now for I've got beef forcing with you Williams. to do it? I know. Anyway, after that interview and Beefgate, as it shall now forever be known. Betty Beefgate. Betty Beefgate. <laughs> we, should, we should talk about Formula One at some stage. Yeah, he sorry. got his first points that weekend. Uh, but, but also, more significantly, for, for me, it sparked that extra bit of pace and consistency we needed to see from him. He was definitely better for those last final mm. few races. Let's be very clear, and Logan will know this. I'm not saying anything controversial. He's not always been good enough this season. There's no getting away from that. But I have real sympathy with modern-day Formula 1 rookies because of how little testing they get and how difficult it is to make the cars work because of the tyres. You have to get the tyres into such a specific place to get them to work properly. It's really tricky. And the thing with Logan is, unlike other drivers, it has to be said like Nick DeVries, he's shown the overall pace. What does he need to do next season to sort of prove himself all over again? I'd be very surprised if he's going out beating Alex regularly. I think Alex is the number one driver in that team because I think Alex is a, is a one of the very best drivers in Formula 1. I don't think there's any doubting that now. So I don't think in year two of his career, we're expecting Logan to be beating Alex. I think in qualifying, you want to be absolute maximum two tenths off. And I think in the, in the you want to be getting close to his race pace. You know, if, if Alex is running in seventh, Logan needs to be running in ninth or tenth. I think that's where they need to see. He needs to be a solid backup man because Alex scored all but one of Williams' championship points this year. Logan only scored a solitary point. L- Logan will want to be chipping in more next season with a few more points than that. So obviously he's got the off-season and it will probably be such a massive relief to him that he's got his seat confirmed so he can yeah. sort of relax a bit. But what's he going to be doing during this off-season to make sure that he can sort of hit the ground running, do you think? I think firstly switching off. I think you see the... And, and actually, your question doesn't just apply to Logan. I think it applies to a yeah. lot of them. That the, 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 the point of the, the off-season we're in now 
it is the time to totally switch off from the world of F1. Then you get fitness. Then you get technical briefings and it all starts again. But at this point, go and have a lovely time, Logan. He, he really deserves it. And I think it's the right decision. I honestly think it's the right call. That's been a big debate in F1 world this week of have Williams made the right call? I think they have because I think if you're risking putting in a Teo Pacher or Vesti from Formula 2, I think you've got all the same risk. I think Williams have invested all this time in Logan. He's shown this real potential. Regardless of what happens actually, I think they made the right call. I think Logan is worth another shot. It's good for us too because it means we can get him on more, have more burgers Which with him. Which is great because he's just so, I don't know, we get, I, get, I don't know about you, I get asked this a lot, like what are they really like? Oh, he's so nice. Such a nice guy. And also, everyone you speak to around him, that's another thing with sport. You'll you'll know this from the, you know, you interview a lot of footballers, the people around them who spend time with them. You know, it's like, they all love him to pieces. The Williams team love him to pieces. He's really popular within the team because he's a genuinely good human being. So, I'm I'm really pleased for Logan Sargent. Speaking of the off-season then, we've spoken a little bit about it, but I just absolutely love it Christian because it's sort of like you know when you were at school and you'd go to the supermarket in the summer holidays and you'd see a history teacher walking around <laughs> such a good analogy really in like is. shorts and flip-flops and a weird t-shirt <laughs> and you're thinking oh my god they exist outside of the school yeah That's it's such a good analogy it's like that isn't it you're seeing these drivers <laughs> sort of outside of their natural habitat Going running with penguins, if you're Lewis Hamilton, mm. or skydiving, or racing, or all sorts of different stuff, skiing, and you're thinking, oh my God, it's a human being. It, it's great to see them being humans and messing about by the pool, because I want to heap as much praise as I can on not just the drivers, because it's also the other people in Formula One, but the drivers, because they have to be so committed they have to work so hard. They sacrifice so much. And of course, they live very charmed lives. You know, they, they get to do an unbelievable job. But what have you seen them doing, Christian? Because there's, there's been all sorts of different things, isn't there? Well, I've seen Esteban Ocon in a pool. I've spotted the F1 driver thirst trap starting already. Oh, yeah. That's a modern thing. They love to whip the T-shirts They love off, it, don't they? they? They love getting their kit off on Instagram. And I've seen that from Ocon and Shock Horror. The, the originator Russell. of this trend. <laughs> Ocon and Russell lead the early season thirst, trap. thirst traps. Charles Leclerc has been playing the piano, right? But not an ordinary one. I've not, I've not seen this. What's Virtual it? reality piano. He's what? too good for the normal grand piano, isn't he? Producer Jimmy. We've mentioned it before on the podcast. Loves the piano, does Jimmy. Well, loves music, an actual music journalist. So let's bring in our experts on the situation, <laughs> producer Jimmy Blake. What's I, a virtual reality piano? You know, like a VR thing where you put a headset on and you can play a game? Yes. It's that. He puts the headset on and Why? then there's a piano in front of him. Why is he doing that? So he can play a piano anywhere he wants. He doesn't need a grand piano. Oh. Whatever, you're not portable. Oh my God, so he can just do it wherever he Yeah, he can play he one is. here if he wanted to. Oh, God, that's actually well, so good. our Fast and the Curious music correspondent, Jimmy Blake. For now, thank you. Anytime. There we go. I genuinely didn't know that. That is actually quite cool. Yeah. Because at first I was thinking, why, why on earth is he doing that? And arguably, but not definitely, the most significant thing about Charles Leclerc's winter so far. Other than his piano. Other than his piano. That's definitely the most interesting. It, this has not been confirmed, but it's rumoured that Charles Leclerc, piano man himself, has signed a five-year contract when that is confirmed how big is that going to be do you think it's really big because for two reasons 
you don't see in sports, not just in Formula One, that many big five-year contracts. But it's big because it tells me that he sees something that we don't. I'm not being over... We've loved on this podcast this year, particularly you. Oh, yeah, I'm a, obsessed. Yeah. Having, <laughs> having a laugh I'm not, at I'm not ashamed to say. I'm, having I'm a obsessed. laugh at Ferrari's ups. You love it. Oh, yeah. This year's been a step forward for Ferrari, I think. Under, under Fred, the new team principal. But have Ferrari shown me that they can fight for world championships? By the way, they've not won the Formula One driver's title since 2007. Wow. Uh, no, I was at primary not. school. You know, this was all fields, this hotel. <laughs> so it it's a gamble because he's he's really investing his future in Ferrari. There might be a clause in the contract that says if they finish solo down, he can negotiate with another team. I don't know. But still, he's placing real trust in Ferrari. But that could have advantages. Interesting. What what are the advantages? Being in a team where you're comfortable, where the team's fitted around you is so important. We saw that with Daniel Ricciardo at McLaren. He was never comfortable in that environment, never comfortable in that car. It didn't work out. It's a calculated risk. It could pay dividends for him. And speaking of calculated risks and paying dividends, we mentioned at the start of the podcast <laughs> that in the posh hotel, Betty had ordered a coffee. Now, the bill for the coffee's just arrived and we were worried about the price of it. Do you want to do some guesses? Of yeah, how much I really do. I was I really hoping. Have you seen the price? Yeah, I've seen okay. it. Okay. I'm going for... Now, what did you have? A cappuccino? I had a cappuccino, yeah. I'm going for £3.80. I wish. £4.70. Producer Jimmy's holding the receipt. £8 for a coffee. Don't shout it. Christ. We haven't really sort of, like, discussed the 2023 season as a whole yet, have we? We no. discussed it a little bit in our previous episode. There's lots of things that I think people won't miss from that 2023 season, Christian. One of which is Max Verstappen winning pretty much every single race. Well, people were saying, you know, when everyone's posting their Spotify wrapped or their Apple Music wrapped, if that's your thing. Yeah. Uh, people were saying that if you're an F1 fan, your most listened to song of the year was the Dutch National Anthem. <laughs> so, yeah, I... I I, I won't miss the Dutch. Nothing against the Dutch, Dutch national anthem. I hope next season they'll remix more a national bit. anthems. Well, no, no, don't remix it. Just play other ones, which would signify other winners. That'd be nice. Well, yeah, that would be really nice. But, but I do like your idea. So let's say worst case scenario, Red Bull do start being quite dominant again, which and I think they probably, probably will. will. We have to start hearing the Dutch national anthem a bit more. What can we do with it? They've got to get creative, Christian. They've got to remix it. I mean, there's plenty of things they could do. Get Charles Leclerc out on the piano. We've got to use our team around. Founders. Greg's a DJ. I think Greg could do could do a job on the, the national anthem. He's either got to remix it or he's got to find one of his DJ contacts who can. He's a he's a manager. Sometimes he's our team principal. Sometimes management involves delegation. We'll do it at the live show. Coming up on the live show, we've already announced our guests. We've arguably got the perfect person. Sam Ryder. We could make this happen at our live show. And at Fast Curious Pod, please, any suggestions you've got on how we can liven up the Dutch national anthem? Well, we just need to hear it in a slightly better way, don't we? And then we will take it to Stefano Domenicali, the boss of Formula One, who I saw in person the other day. Oh. And I, so next time I bump into him in a corridor, I can just give it him on a, on a, uh, on a mini disc. And go on a or mini a disc. What are we back? In, are we in the nineties? Exactly, because well, he's you know he's a he's not a young bloke, Stefano Domenicali. And then I'll say, yeah, I'll chuck that on instead. What else 
do you sort of want to put behind you from the 2023 season? I think Lewis Hamilton is um, he's pretty car. done with that car, yeah. <laughs> I, I think they're going to burn that ceremoniously. There's a gif going around or viral picture of like Lewis Hamilton pretending to throw the car over, like off a bridge thing into the water. He could do a Thelma and Louise, just drive it off a cliff. Hopefully it'd be okay. Anyway, <laughs> Elmer and Louise reference for you there. Get in touch with us if you've got any really good ideas on how we can remix the Dutch, Dutch national the Dutch anthem. National <laughs> the Dutch national anthem. <laughs> I'm actually sweating in this hotel. I can't cope anymore. All right, wow. Get in touch with us if you've got any ideas of how we can remix the Dutch national anthem. We're at Fast Curious Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, by the way, Ellie, one of our listeners, has been in touch. She's got a question for you. Oh, yeah. She says, Christian, can mm. you recommend some iconic races to watch to sort of pass the time? What am I supposed to do now? This is a very good idea. And we've mentioned on this podcast before that you can sign up in the UK to F1 TV and watch everything from, from F1 past. It's genuinely really good. Um, I could do this all day. So shall I pick... Just give us three. Three. Yeah. And the three <laughs> that genuinely sprung to mind when I read Ellie's question... The 2011 Canadian Grand Prix Ooh, why? is one of my all-time favourites mm. because it's Jensen Button's oh, best yeah. ever drive, of I course. think. And so much happened. And I did this in lockdown. I went back and watched some old races because we didn't have F1 for ages. And that was one of the ones I watched. I might go and do that, actually. 2011 Canadian Grand Prix is a classic. The 1998 Belgian Grand Prix. Mm. Utter carnage. And we all love a carnage race on this podcast. What's your third? Another one that I just like for the carnage. And I'm just picking the ones that jumped out from when I was watching as a kid and made me be like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. The 2003 Brazilian Grand Prix. Oh. Which was won by, well, I won't say one in case anyone wants to watch it. But I mean, I'm not going to give away too many. If anyone actually watches these recommendations on F1 TV, let me know. Yeah. 2011 Canada. 2003 Brazil, 1998 Belgium. And I've also gone for one in the 90s, one in the 2000s, one in the 2010s. They were the three. I could have researched this more. I didn't want to. I just wanted to go the gut instinct three that jumped out at me. And it was those three. There might be better ones, but I'm not saying they're the three best of all time. They were just the three that jumped out at me when I read Ellie's question on the train in this morning. Well, Ellie, let us know if you go and watch those three races. Yeah, I would genuinely be really intrigued to see if anyone does this and what they think. Christian, have you got your outfit sorted for Friday yet? Do you know, I, I think about this a lot. I don't know. I was really happy with the award ceremony outfit the other week, so I've now put pressure on myself. I don't know. Dress up as your favourite Grand Prix from the, from the last... Yes, Betty. I'm going to dress up as the 2003 Brazilian Grand Prix for our live show. I, I've come dressed as rain. I've come dressed as the tyre wall. I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm going to dress up as Jensen Button. Are you? Greg could go as Toto Wolf. Greg could go as Toto Wolf. Quite easily. And then I could go as Susie Wolf. <laughs> uh, no, I, I do. I've been putting a lot of, like I. It, 
needs to be smart casual, but I struggle with smart casual. I'd rather just be smart or casual. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you if you entered. We've had hundreds of entries, which is just so ridiculous when you come to think of it. And um, everyone should have their invites by now. Check your emails. We're still waiting on some RSVPs. Um, and we want to, of course, use all the tickets. So let us know if you're not going to make it. Really important you do let us know if you can't come because we've not got many seats. So we'll give your seat to someone else if you if you can't do it. Karun Chandok is ready for it. He wants to do a proper review of the driver's season, so we're going to do that. Him and Chloe Grant are apparently keen to race me in the sim, so that doesn't put any pressure on, does it? Sam Ryder is still coming. We've got emails from his tour manager and everything, so actual celebrity Sam Ryder is coming. And most importantly, Betty, and this is the most important, the bowl food is confirmed. <laughs> Such a great way of serving food, I find, in a bowl. Yeah, love it in a bowl. Just get a spoon, and stick it in there. If you want a coffee while you're there, absolutely fine, but it will cost you eight pounds. <laughs> it won't. Producer Jimmy's very keen to point out it won't cost you eight charged pounds. Service charge as well. So how much did that coffee? Let's end the podcast with this. How much does this coffee cost you, Betty Glover? Nine pounds twenty, and I'm just going to go sit in a dark room and cry. The next time you hear from us will be the live show. We said that last time. We decided to do another episode because news happened. So you never know. I say the next time you hear from us for the live show, if Lewis Hamilton announces his retirement tomorrow, we'll do another episode. Oh my but God, don't say that. As things stand, the next time you hear from us has been the live show. Betty, let's get you to the bank <laughs> so you can rearrange your finances. Yes, thank you so much. Bye-bye then. Bye. Bye.